Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. It's time to press in for the harvest. It's time to press in for for us to receive his heart for the people who don't know him yet. Most of us who, who have been followers of Jesus for a lot of years, we we don't remember what it's like to to not have that hope. To to not have eternity settled. To, to not have someone who's always there, who, who loves us and is for us. And there, there are thousands of people just in this city who don't have that. And, and they could very easily have that. And so as, as we have... See, we, we pressed into healing because healing is something that you and I can't do. <laughs> we're, we're completely reliant on the Holy Spirit to do it. We, we position our, ourselves uh, in, in front of people who have physical, sometimes spiritual needs for healing, and, and, and we're just the conduit. And, and we, we need to think of evangelism in exactly the same way. Because it, it's not about us debating Somebody. It, it's not about us convincing anybody in their mind that yes, this makes the most sense. So, okay, I will believe. Uh, and and what what does that get them? Well, it, mental assent is is part of the process. But it's not the end of the process. Because what, what we're after is, is a heart connection between someone who doesn't know God yet and God. Once, once there's a heart connection there, done deal. Uh, <laughs> then God... We'll take it from there. Uh, so we have to look at evangelism, sharing Jesus in, in much the same way that we look at healing. And, you know, I, <clears throat> uh, I was first licensed to preach in a Southern Baptist church. Who's laughing? <laughs> and that was, 
Wow, that was, it was almost 30 years ago. Yeah. Was it 87? Yeah, it was. Okay. In Spearfish, South Dakota. And I met Joy in a Southern Baptist church. And um, I, I never thought I would set foot in one. But that's, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> part of my humbling process, she says. <laughs> That, that continues <laughs> to this day. Uh, but I, I bring that up because when, when I was in Southern Baptist churches, which was for a while, they, they focus on evangelism. Uh, and and they, they provide a, a great deal of training for people in, in sharing the gospel. But I... I, I have to admit, I, I have to tell you, and I, I, I participated in a lot of this training, and I, I did a lot of this training. Uh, <clears throat> I, I have to admit that I, looking back from where I am now, I, I don't think all of, or very much of that training was, was all that effective. Because it, it was focused on methods and, and strategies, and while we, we need methods and we need strategies, it, it's the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the release of the Spirit, person to person, that, that gets healing done, and it it's that, that that gets people connected to God at a heart level. And, and this, this is something that the Lord is teaching me a little bit more about. And, and I, I think we, we all can learn more about this. The, the idea, the concept of the release of the Spirit in our interaction with people. It's, it's what is so necessary. And people know when they're a victim of a practiced methodology <laughs> versus <laughs> the recipient of love. Um, if if we if we can get better at releasing the spirit from our being to another person, we'll be so much more effective in the harvest than if if we practice a methodology and a strategy and and apply it without the spirit really being in the mix. So we we've we've got to rely on the spirit. 
because there, there's something Jesus said, um, and I'm I'm already way off my uh, outline here. <laughs> In John six sixty three, Jesus said, "It's the Spirit who gives life." And and I love the ESV. the The flesh is no help at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's so much better. Uh the New American Standard I think says the flesh counts for nothing. But I, I think the ESV really communicates the the truth more effectively. It's the spirit who brings life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And, and this, <clears throat> that verse needs, needs to be the foundation of, of our motivation of our activity related to the harvest. Because, uh, I, I mean, that, that just says it. Because if, if, if we're going to go out and try to tell people about Jesus next Saturday out of some obligation, some sense of obligation, and, and just, you know, wanting to maybe get another notch on our knife or our our sword, our, our Bible, whatever uh, it might be, it, it's, it's probably not going to be that effective. But if, if, if we truly desire for the Spirit to be released in, in a somewhat maybe random uh, meeting with with someone uh, seemingly random <laughs> it it won't be uh, there's more that can happen and so i, I want to share some things with you related to the harvest because i i think we, we need to understand some things that are true versus what we think the facts are. <laughs> let's, let's continue to work our way in, into that, okay? That the, the truth is higher than the facts or than we perceive the facts to be. Because this is what Jesus said as he was sending out the 72 in Luke chapter 10. And, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That is the truth. The truth is, The harvest is plentiful. 
Now, yes, we, we may share the gospel, share the love of God with people, and, and they may not respond positively to it. And yeah, that's, that's happened to me. It will happen to me again. It has probably happened to many of us. That does not negate the truth <laughs> that the harvest is plentiful. And the harvest is plentiful in our generation just like it was in Jesus' generation. What did Jesus' preaching consist of? Well, the, the first thing that we see Jesus preach in most of the Gospels is, is this. This is the first time we see it in Matthew 4. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We have the same message. Turn, turn around, stop running away from God and start moving toward God. Turn around, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is so close you could actually touch it. Because if if you or I are close enough for them to touch, the kingdom of heaven is close enough for them to touch. It's that close. Life is that close. The spirit brings life. The flesh is no help at all. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> so if if we can be sensitive to the spirit, if if God might highlight someone to us, then he he has a purpose for highlighting someone to us. And, you know, we, we know, we've, we've talked about this before, that God, God isn't going to give you the first three paragraphs of your interaction with that person before you get there. In fact, he, he may very well not give you even one word until you get there and open your mouth to say something. But, but we, we have to look at bringing people into the kingdom as, as one of the most exciting things that we can participate in. As, as, as important as healing was in, in the ministry of Jesus, the primary reason that he came was 
for our reconciliation. That we could be reconciled to God. And, and now, according to Paul in 2 Corinthians, he's given us this ministry of, of reconciliation. So, <clears throat> in fact, let's, let's look at that passage. 2 Corinthians 5. And, and we've, we've looked at this numerous times. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 16. But think about this in the context of the Spirit bringing life and, and the flesh being no help at all. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh or according to our old worldly way of thinking. We, we now regard and we relate in, in a different way. Because once we even only understood Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. And we should regard one another and other people who are outside the fellowship according to the flesh no longer, but according to the spirit. Do, does this person need the life of God or, or are they already connected to the life of God? Because if, if they're already connected to the life of God, then, then we can enjoy fellowship according to the Spirit. And, and we, we, we share something that's eternal and valuable, and, and we can strengthen and encourage one another if, if we will relate according to the Spirit and not according to the old way of living and thinking, which is what God intends for us. That, that's how God intends for us to live. And so when we encounter someone, we, we want to seek the discernment of, of the Lord. Okay, is, is, is this a brother or sister? Or, or is this someone who is not yet connected to the Lord who, who needs to be? And if the Spirit shows us that this person needs to be connected to the Lord, then we're, we're completely dependent and reliant on the Holy Spirit about how we interact with this person. See, our... Our life, if, if we're, if we're going to live our life focused on the harvest, our life just got more complicated. Because going to the gas station just got a whole lot more complicated. Going to the grocery store 
or Walmart just got a lot more complicated. Because we can't just zip in and zip out without a thought to the Spirit anymore. Because there might actually be something that God is doing at Walmart. And he, he may want to involve you or I in what he's doing at Walmart. And uh, if you, you remember Gary Best's message from uh, a number of weeks ago, uh, if God's not doing something, it's a whole lot of work for us to try to make something happen. And, and so we, we want to avoid that. But if God is doing something, then there's, there's a potential for us to be involved and by us getting involved and, and, and allowing a release of the Spirit from our being to the other person, there, there's potential for eternal reward on, on our part. But even, even better than that, there, there's potential for that person who is not yet connected to the Lord to to become connected to the Lord. And, and we have to understand what, what a glorious thing that is. Now, <clears throat> you know I grew up in the Reformed Church and a lot of Reformed people are, are really strong Calvinists. And they're in, in a lot of ways, they're completely different from Baptists. Uh, and, and some even take the position, well, it's, you know, it's really not necessary for us to do anything. If, if God's going to save somebody, well, he's, he's just going to save them. That's... That's just all there is to it. Well, there's, there's something that, that Paul says that sort of eliminates that, that extreme position <laughs> as, as a realistic possibility. And it's, it's in Romans 10, starting in verse 14. He says... How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching or speaking? And how are they to preach or speak unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, 
and hearing through the word of Christ. So we want to speak the word of the Lord yes. to people. That, that is the release of the spirit from us to another person. It is us speaking the word of the Lord for that person right then, right there, and, and there's life on those words. And, and that's, this, this is exciting. Uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I've, I've had to repent to the Lord in, in the last week and, and even before that, that I, I have not personally focused enough on the harvest. And as a result, I've not encouraged all of us to press in to this. But I, I believe the Lord is, is really wanting us to do this now. Yeah. And uh, I've, I, I looked at John chapter 3 and, and John chapter 4 quite a bit this week. Because there we have Jesus encountering two different people. One came to him, and the other Jesus went to. And if, if ever there was an encounter that went against the the baptist training that i had it it would have been jesus encounter with nicodemus in john chapter 3 because here we have an educated man nicodemus uh, one of the rulers of of the pharisees probably who came to Jesus by night so the other guys wouldn't see him. <laughs> but he came. He, he came to Jesus. And, you know, if, if Jesus just wanted someone to acquiesce to certain truths <laughs> mentally... He, he went about it in, in completely the wrong way. It, it certainly appears, as I have looked at John chapter 3, that Jesus made it a lot more difficult for Nicodemus than you or, or I would have. In, in fact, you know, one of the things that I was taught in evangelism training by numerous um, training practitioners was to be able to close the deal. Okay? <laughs> Make the sale. <laughs> don't, don't leave it hanging. I mean, if... <laughs> If 
If you, if you can get this person to make a commitment, then go for it. And, and Jesus just, it, it seems like he puts up obstacle after obstacle for poor Nicodemus. And so I, I, I think what I'm getting at here is, you know, for you and I in the flesh, if Nicodemus came to us and, and we were well trained in evangelism, he, he would have prayed a prayer. <laughs> but at the end of the encounter, we have no idea. What happened with Nicodemus? And I, I, I think I need to read you the story. John chapter 3, starting in, in verse 1. And there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now let's just stop there for a minute. <clears throat> so, this, this is a lesson in... Evangelism by the Holy Spirit <laughs> versus evangelism by strategy or methodology. Because <laughs> you, you can see here that Jesus' methodology was um, <laughs> well, from, from the fleshly perspective, it was flawed. Because what, what he did is he, he took a guy who was seeking and he created more questions than giving him answers. And, you know, as I, I, I think I've learned a few things about teaching the Word from studying Jesus in that that was quite often a method that he used, was to have people leave 
one of his teachings or leave an encounter with more questions than, than what they arrived with. Because, see, he, he was creating openings for the Spirit to be at work in that person's heart as, as they pondered those things. So, lesson number one from Jesus, questions are not a bad thing. And, and not necessarily answering all of the person's questions is not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> and there's, there's some... The way he ends that paragraph is, is really interesting. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes... So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. See, if we, if we read between the lines a little bit about what Jesus is saying here, is he's telling Nicodemus that he needs to be born of the Spirit if he wants to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he's also telling Nicodemus that the people who are born of the Spirit are going to do things that you won't be able to figure out or explain. That's what that last verse means. Is for someone who is not of the Spirit to try to understand what a person in the Spirit is doing, it's, it's not going to make sense. And, and that's why our, our reliance on the Holy Spirit in participating in, in the harvest, our, our reliance is, is complete. We, we can't do this in the flesh. Because the flesh, what? <laughs> it is no help at all. <laughs> Let's all memorize that verse. <laughs> it, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. So... He's what what Jesus has done is is he's he's actually answered all of Nicodemus's questions but not in a way that Nicodemus is really understanding because I think Jesus could see that there was an interest in in Nicodemus in entering the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus answered that question and, and he explained a little bit to Nicodemus of why it was so difficult for Nicodemus and the other Pharisees to understand Jesus. Because he was in the spirit so, so he was like the wind. 
blowing where it wishes. They could hear its sound, but they didn't know where it was coming from or where it was going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So let's, let's, let's go on. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? <laughs> See, he, he, didn't, he didn't understand. Uh, he, he was still in, in the flesh trying to understand the whole idea of, of being born again again. And and he, he was he was stuck. Because it just it didn't make any sense to him. He was a religious leader of the Pharisees, one of the rulers of the people. And if anybody knew God, it was him. So how can it possibly be that he needed something? more than what he had in order to get into the kingdom. And this, this is why, I, I mean, when, when we look at John 3 and this encounter and John chapter 4 and the encounter with the Samaritan woman, this is why evangelism is a whole lot easier with people who are unsaved and they know it than people who are unsaved and they think they are. So, anyway, let's, let's go on. <laughs> so Nicodemus says, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Exactly. <laughs> Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So maybe this is some instruction for us that it isn't necessary for us to be really nice to people who don't really know God who think they do. Okay? <laughs> Did you get that? Because, <laughs> I mean, Jesus, it's not that he's being rude or mean to this guy, but he's, he's really, he's telling it like it is. As the things that he says. You're the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? It's, it's really bad when 
people think they have something that they don't have. It's, it's really hard to get them to get it. Because they're in some kind of deception. And, and that is where Nicodemus was. And so, you know, it's, it's sad that we don't really know how this whole conversation ended. Because in, in the last bit of this conversation, we, we've got some of the best evangelism truth verses in, in the whole New Testament in, in this exchange. But, but yet, we don't even know where Nicodemus ended up. Did he get it and, and become born again? Or, or did he get angry and, and actually become part of the fulfillment of this prophecy that Jesus just gave him? About the Son of Man being crucified. We just don't know. And, and let's finish the conversation. <clears throat> For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And, you know, I, I got to go back to the previous section just a little bit. Because in this exchange, Jesus really did answer the questions that Nicodemus had. Because one of the foremost questions that he had was, okay, Jesus, who are you, really? And Jesus made it so that he didn't even have to answer that question. And his other question that Jesus answered in the first part was, was how, how do I inherit the kingdom? How do I enter the kingdom? Because he, he says it pretty much point blank in the second section here that he is the one who came down from heaven. And that he is the one who understands the things of heaven. And that if Nicodemus is having trouble understanding what Jesus is saying... It's because he doesn't understand the things of heaven. So Jesus is answering a lot of questions that aren't being asked. And he's, he's trying in the way that he's saying these things to, to reveal Nicodemus' heart to himself. Because, again, salvation is, is a heart response. And, and he's, he's trying to show Nicodemus that, 
his heart may not be everything that Nicodemus thinks it is. That there actually is something yet that he needs. And, and now Jesus uh, speaks so plainly, starting in, in verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does, does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And that's, that's really the end of the encounter. <laughs> Jesus left the door wide open. <laughs> he, he left Nicodemus with a lot to consider. So we, we need not be afraid of doing that. Because if, if we can just be a conduit of the life of the Spirit, in our interaction with people. Uh, the life of the Spirit will, will touch something within the person that recognizes life and truth and, and will, will begin to awaken that person. Uh, awaken their their spirit so that as the holy spirit continues to work they can get connected to god themselves which which is what has to happen for for salvation to come So, one of the things that I, I, I think the Lord would say to us is, don't worry about not being fully trained in, in theology. It's, it's okay to leave unanswered questions. If, if your questions cause the person 
to come to God directly themselves and say, okay, God, none of this makes any sense. That person just left me confused, and I don't know if, if you're real, then reveal yourself to me. Then, then you did great. You, you won. <laughs> you, you, you got what needed to happen to happen. Because that is what needs to happen. If, if we, we can get another person who is not connected to God so confused that they feel they have to go to God themselves in order to understand anything... That's it. <laughs> we, we don't have to worry about doing that because that is exactly what we need to do. <laughs> does, does that take a, a little bit of fear out of the whole process? It, it should really take all the fear out, out of the whole process. Because it, it's so not about you and me and what we know. Because the flesh does what? <laughs> it, it's no help at all. <laughs> the, the spirit brings life. Yeah. And, and the flesh may, may clear up confusion that actually was required. Boy, you never thought about that, did you? <laughs> so, anyway, I really thought I could get through both of these <laughs> in in one day, but I, I think we'll we'll wait for the Samaritan woman for next week <laughs> because this, I mean, this is the the picture of of how it's supposed to work. Where, where Jesus goes and speaks to someone who, who culturally he, he never should have had a word with ever. <laughs> and she becomes probably the second greatest evangelist in, in the whole New Testament. And, and I say that only because we're never told what happened with the Gadarean who had the legion cast out of him, and then Jesus sent him to be an evangelist. So, see, if you're wondering if you're qualified <laughs> to, to be an evangelist, <laughs> the first two that Jesus sent out, one had a whole legion of demons cast out of him, and, and his... His entire training was, was one encounter with Jesus that lasted maybe an hour. I don't know. Probably not much more than that. And the other one is, is a, a lowly Samaritan woman who, again, Jesus has one conversation with. So I, I think we're all qualified. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
we're, we're qualified not because of what we know. We're, we're qualified because of what we have. We, we have the Spirit of God within us. And it is the Spirit that brings life. Our intellectual, theological knowledge, <laughs> you get the idea, yes. <clears throat> so, uh, a matter for prayer for this week. Uh, Sunnyside had their business meeting last Sunday night. Unfortunately, they did not have all the information uh, to answer all of their questions, so they they did not vote. Uh, I I have a, uh, a draft agreement, uh, and we've kind of gone back and forth on that, and I, I think we we've got something that's workable uh, because of their bylaws and their uh, all of that. Um, they have to have another business meeting on May 31st. <laughs> and we are starting to move the next morning, <laughs> June 1st, <laughs> which is a Monday, and it's actually supposed to be sunny from what I hear. <laughs> so uh, if, if you have some time this week, we, we would really like to start packing everything up this week, uh, then Sunday night, next Sunday night, we will know uh, <laughs> whether we're moving to Sunnyside or <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> we we actually do have a plan B. <laughs> I, I don't think that plan B is going to be necessary because I, I really think this is what the Lord's doing. Uh, we also have planned... A joint worship service with Sunnyside. So uh, the the first week that we'll be there, uh, we will will meet on Saturday night, the sixth of June, and then the next weekend is when we're planning to have a joint worship service, which would be Sunday morning, the 14th. So that's sort of what's, what's being planned right now. Uh, I, I, think, I think the Lord is, is going to use us to um, sort of show them some different things. I, I think the Lord is going to use them to show us some some different things, uh, and and we we both are are going to benefit. And I I don't know all that the Lord has planned in this, and I'm not trying to figure it out. <laughs> I I think it's much better that way. But I I would ask for for your prayers just. Uh, you know, for, for their business meeting next Sunday, and, and just for whatever the Lord wants to do uh, among us, that, that he would just do it. And, and that we would be 
humble and moldable to the Lord as, as a fellowship and, and, and that they would be the same and, and just that the Lord would be glorified in all of this. Because, I mean, this is kind of like two families coming to live in the same house um, who are relatives. <laughs> and and it's, 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 it's going to be for more than three days. So <laughs> there's, there's, there's going to be grace required. Okay, so just know this going in <laughs> and, and be prepared uh, to, to have grace and receive grace. And Okay, so let's, let's pray. Father, I, I thank you uh, that your heart is that none would perish, but all would come to a knowledge of you. And, and Lord, you've, you've called us to be part of that. Uh, you've called us to go into all the world and make disciples. And you've given us your spirit. I, I pray, <clears throat> Father, that, that you would show each of us how to release the life of the Spirit from our being. I, I pray, Lord, that, that you would deliver us from, from mixture of, of flesh and spirit. Uh, I pray that you'd teach us how to relate according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. And, and Father, I, I pray you'd send us out into the harvest full of your spirit and, and full of love and that we would see the harvest begin to take place uh, for the glory of your Son. Amen.